Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Most holy is Almighty God. We come today to just say thank you. We thank you for giving us our breath and giving us our life. And Father God, I thank you for being on this radio station and for everything you have done in my life. Father God, I say this prayer in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have Mr. Reggie Thomas. He is a candidate for city marshal, a soldier for Christ, a good man, was the deputy chief, I think, in Lafayette for 29 years. But I, tell us a little bit about yourself, and welcome to the show, Reggie. How you doing? Uh, I, I have been in Lafayette for the last 30 years where I have been uh, with the Lafayette City Police Department. Started off as a Lafayette police officer day one and made it all the way to the deputy chief and was the interim chief for uh, 11 months also. Take me back. You, you Born and raised in New Orleans? Yes, born yeah. and raised in the Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans. Was not in a, a, a very good area where I was raised. Uh, one of the major things that happened in my life was when I was seven years old, my father was shot and killed oh. in the streets of New Orleans. Hmm. Wow. And you have other siblings? Yes. Uh, one sister and three brothers. And uh, my mother uh, raised the family at that p- particular time. And she was a very, very religious lady. And I'm, not, I'm saying was. She is. Uh, yeah. My mother is still with me. She's 87 years old. Wow. So you and I are the same age. Uh, I noticed I was looking at some of your bio information. And uh, what, what was your what was your faith life like? What was it like in your house growing up? You know, from that time since losing your father, and and what what was that like? Since losing my father, my mother never uh, remarried. Uh, she was really faithful into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she was an usher. She had been an usher throughout my entire life. I don't know my mother without seeing her in an usher uniform on Sundays. So she used to take us to church. And, you know, at that time when you're young, you are made to do different things. And one of the things was she put me in a choir and I'm not a singer. So (laughs) I I wasn't too crazy about that. (laughs) So then you grew up a little bit. And I think you told me you went to St. Aug. And uh, and so Reggie is, are you a minister? I'm a deacon for... Deacon uh, in the Baptist church. Yes. And ha- and grew up at uh, in New Orleans and and went to actually Catholic school went to Saint Aug. Tell tell me how that was. Yeah, that's pretty strange because when I tell people that they're like, wait, you you're Baptist and you went to a Catholic school in Saint Aug. There are several uh, private schools uh, from Saint Aug to uh, Rummel to De La Salle and these schools. Uh, the school Saint Aug is an all bar school. And it's known for sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played football during that particular time, and I was able to go to Saint Aug to to play football, and and also it was a good academic school. So I was doing really well in school. And uh, none of my brothers and sisters uh, went to a Catholic school, but my mother really wanted me to go because it was really known. So mm-hmm. I I, wa- I was able to go to that that school. And while I was there, I took religion religion uh, classes, and I learned a lot about the Catholic faith. Um, during that time. And, and I went to Catholic school my whole life, and I'm just willing, because we had some non-Catholics at our school as well, and and they knew more about Christ and the Bible and most everything about religion than we did, honestly. And uh, what, what what was it like for you, you know, going to school with all these Catholics? Did you find they had much of a faith life, or how was it different than yours? I found that the faith life was, was very similar. Yeah, I would tell you that we had priests that would 
teach the classes, a lot of priests yeah. that would teach the classes, and especially with religion. Uh, you would go to the mass celebrating the, uh, the Lord, and, 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 you know, if you love the Lord, no matter how, how it's brought to you, uh, if you love the Lord, it, it, it sounds good, I would That's say. Right. That. That's right. So tell me, I know you're married and have a daughter, and tell me how you met your wife and where that all took place. Met my wife in New Orleans. Uh, she went to St. Mary's. Uh, Academy, which is the, we call it the sister school to St. Og. Mm-hmm. And uh, at St. Mary's, we knew each other throughout that time. And I left to go to the military. And when I came back, we got married, but we knew each other since high school. Mm-hmm. And that's where we met uh, at that time. And I think you were in the Air Force. Yes, I yeah. went into the Air Force. And during that time, I really wanted to leave New Orleans. If you know the area that I was raised in and some of my friends, everybody was mostly getting in trouble. And I, I, I saw that getting away from New Orleans would be really good for me. And uh, that's when I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought you to Lafayette. And tell me about what, what your experience is with Lafayette and the, and the community and the Christianity of the, of the people. One of the things I found in Lafayette was that, I, of course, when you first get on patrol, Normally, you get to the north side of town or underserved areas. Mm-hmm. So I, one of the things that I would do is I would work with a lot of people, especially with domestic violence and, and different situations. And one of the things I would find is that people are faith-based. They, they believe in God, and no matter what's the incident, they believe in God. So a lot of people was inviting me to their church. And I would go when I had time to sit into the church. And this one church in, in uh, St. James Baptist Church, mm-hmm. which is on Plum Street, okay. um, was one of the churches I sat in one day. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the, the pastor, Pastor Washington. He has passed away since. But I really enjoyed it. And at that time, I was already a person of faith, very heavy of faith, because my mother uh, will not let you forget faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk to her, conversation is always God, and she built that in me. So it was, it was not very hard for me to find a church to start going to. And so how do you transition into being a deacon in your church? Is that a long process? And- yeah, what, what happened with me is I, I continue to work in the church, and because I was a police officer, they give me a lot of duties. Mm-hmm. So as I was doing the duties, I was working with other deacons. Pastor Washington, who I was working with, always said that you can be a deacon. You can, you can do this. You can do different things. So uh, working with deacons, helping out, uh, and I just started at that particular time, spreading the word uh, about the Lord and how much I love the Lord, and things just work out. And when the next pastor, I was on the board to pick the next pastor. And when he mm-hmm. came in, I was really working a lot with him mm-hmm. and uh, assisting him. So in law enforcement, you know, I know you see a lot of bad things. And I read a little bit about uh, Officer Middlebrooks and about how that affected you. And tell me about that and, and how do you balance your faith life with seeing all the, the devil and up, up front, you know? Yes, that, that really challenged me. I would say that that was the first time that I, I really looked at, at this career and, and, and thought to myself I was in the wrong career. I really did. I thought about leaving law enforcement at that time. But it was my strength in, in the Lord that, that taught me that and, and told me to stay where I, where I was at. I did a, the eulogy, which was one of the hard, wow. hardest things uh, possible to do. And, you know, it, it, he was somebody that I knew personally. At the time, I was the leader of the organization. 
And I will tell you that as the leader of the organization, of course, you never want to lose anybody, no, no kind of way. But right. to lose somebody in, as being the leader of the organization was just unbelievable. So it took a lot of prayers. Tell us a little bit about it, because I know lots of our listeners don't know that story. But what what what, what about that whole thing that was? Uh, what what happened was he he was the type of guy that would be in the underserved areas, donating food, doing all kind of things, and he went into a store uh, where they had a, a call for a robbery, and the the guy was still there, and the guy shot and killed him mm-hmm. at that time. It was the first police officer in about fifty years in Lafayette that was killed. Wow. And for it to happen while I was the chief and in a leadership position really, really put, put me back. Oh. I will tell you that the community, the, uh, the outreach, what we received was just tremendous. And not only from this community, I mean, from as far as New York, it was just unbelievable. But, you know, to go and have to tell that family, he had three daughters, and uh, to, to go and have to tell that family that, you know, their loved one, our brother in law enforcement was killed. It's still the hardest thing that I ever had to do. And chills going through me right now just talking about that situation. Where was the funeral and all that in? The funeral was at Our Savior's Church. Okay, okay. And uh, Pastor Jacobs. Yeah. And, and so what do you say? I mean, do you remember talking about what you talked about? How do you comfort them? Yeah, what, what, you, what I did was I talked about him. I talked about the type of person he was. Uh, I read a text. He texted me because we took him off the road because he had an incident, and he mm-hmm. wanted to get back to that area. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to put him back in that area because that is one of the toughest areas to, to police. And I thought that, hey, you need time to, to go somewhere else. But he really wanted to get back. So I read the text that he, he, he sent me. And, um, you know, it was really, uh, and, and told the family, you know, he's a, they will be a part of our family forever. And I will tell you this, till today, you know how long it takes for the court system. So it still has not went to court yet. Wow. So what happens is we still are in contact with that family. Matter of fact, his oldest daughter just went to LSU. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we uh, I remember the first day of the youngest daughter going to, uh, she goes to LCA. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all went to the school with her to drop her off that particular day. So I'm still a part of that family, still talk to that family. But I will tell you that in police work and in my entire 30-year career, that is the hardest thing. And I've been involved in numerous things, but nothing to that yeah. level. So we all have different charisms, you know, and, and I know having a deep faith life, maybe you've identified some of yours. Uh, Reggie's running for city marshal here soon, and, um, you know, he brings a whole lot more to the table than just the experience of, of the office of being in the police department for, for 29 years, a lifelong resident and loves the city of Lafayette, but you know, um, how does God uh, tag along with you every day? You know, I'm gonna tell you this, without faith, how can you be a leader? You know, I, I don't hear a lot of talk, you know, we, we are in a politics, people, a lot of people say they could not be in politics, and I understand why now. You know, a lot of times we don't even take time out to, to pray or to start anything. You know, you, you, you do a debate or something, they just start, you know, right. and you're like, a prayer would be nice. You know? uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, so you don't, you don't get any of that at all, you know. And some of the people that's running against you, they, they, don't, have, they don't have faith, you know. And I, I'm not challenging anybody's faith at all or anything like that. But what I am saying is that if we bring Christ more into politics and everything we do, 
I think everything would be so much better in this world. I agree. And you know what the, the dangerous part, I guess, I'm going to say dangerous but tricky, is that some politicians use their faith as a platform, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not real. You can see through it right away. You know, a lot of people want to use that. But then in today's political world, it's like if you even mention God, you know, well, well, you're on one side and, you know, it's just like all of a sudden I'm just kind of saying, oh, well, I can't almost like I'm going to say it, you know, be a Democrat and, and have God in your life. And I think in Louisiana, we've proved that to be different. You know, I think there's been some good blue dog Democrats over time that, that, that have a deep faith. I look at our governor who's not Mr. Popular, but he is pro-life, mm-hmm. you know, you got to give him that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done a good job on that front for us. Even our president, you know, would say, Hey, that's not a very holy man yet. He's done a lot for the pro-life, mm-hmm. you know? So not going to talk too much politics on this religion show today, <laughs> just just a touch. But uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. Today's guest is Reggie Thomas. He's been uh, working for the city and the police uh, as deputy marshal, I believe, for 29 years. Deputy chief. Deputy yeah. chief. And, uh, and, and, and is going to ask for your vote uh, for city marshal. And I think he'll do a fabulous job. Uh, we're going to all be praying for him. But we're here today really to talk about his faith life. And tell me about what is what have you seen are the differences between the Catholic faith and, and the Baptist faith coming up? You must uh, have a good understanding. Yeah, the, I, I would tell you this. More than anything, is I, I guess the word I could use is procedural. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different, you know. Uh, Catholics uh, uh, take communion every every mass. Mm-hmm. You know, we take communion once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it is the the type of prayers, the type of songs, you know. I, but I think the meaning and and everybody faith is the same, mm-hmm. you know. I think if you have a strong faith in God, then no matter if you're Catholic or Baptist, you know, you still have that faith. And we all it's so good that we all can sit down and we all can talk. And we all can be rational about about our religion because a man that believes in God is always a friend of mine. Yeah, we all worship the same God, I'm sure. Uh, you know, no doubt. We have to believe that. So, okay, the book on Baptists is they know the Bible. I, I, and, and, <laughs> and I'm not here to challenge you because okay. I'm not. Okay. I'm definitely not a Bible aficionado, but... But uh, you know, are, do you read often still? Do you, or is that something you did growing up? And uh, I did read. I tell you what, uh, and this is going to be funny. I, I learned more about the Bible in my religious classes. In, in confession, I, yes, that's confession. <laughs> yes, I, I really did because you know you think about it. Uh, in in high school, we had religion, so every day I had a religion class. You right. know, just constantly in the Baptist religion. I never went to like a Baptist school or a seminary or anything. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just being taught by the pastor On and, the job and training. yeah, and working with the church. You know, uh, doing community service and doing things with the church. So I will tell you that I learned so much in a Catholic religion, sitting in class and actually being tested on different verses and, and, and different things in, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you mentioned to me that your daughter was an attorney in Lafayette here and your wife as well. And uh, But tell me, and you mentioned that she's Catholic. Yes. How does that work out? You know, early on, my daughter came and, and of course, she was Baptist at the, at the time. And she came in and said that she wanted to be 
Catholic. She had some friends that works Catholic, Catholic. And in our neighborhood, St. Elizabeth Church is in the middle of our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So she was going to different things with, with her friends and things. We, we talked about it, me and my wife, and we both are have backgrounds as being Catholic. She went to St. Mary's and I went to St. Aug. So we was not close-minded about it because we had great experiences in high school, but our parents were stern Baptists. Sure. So when she was old enough and that's what she wanted to do, and uh, she's, we spoke to the priest and we went to some classes and, and did some things, then uh, she she turned Catholic at that time. Mm-hmm. She is married. And, uh, you know, they, they got married through the Catholic Church. So, you know, the things that they had to go yeah. through to get married. So uh, at, at that particular time, you know, we, we, we are totally, uh, we always laugh because when we go to church with her, we understand the Catholic religion and we can actually say the things that the Catholics are, are saying at that particular time. Nice. So tell me, there's a lot of, I, I guess we should touch this because it, it, it it's something I think about all the time. And I think that as Cajun Catholics or just as Christians in South Louisiana, I feel like our police you know we've we've got great respect for them. I, I mm. certainly in Lafayette, and I look le- I look at all these things on television, and I don't understand. It doesn't relate to where I live. I, I think anyway, and I, and I and I'll ask you: Am I naive? You know, as a white man, to think that? Yeah, I'm sure that there are some prejudice in our police department, but but to me it's very small. I mean, and and to me it's gotten better. I know in the past it's 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 been some issues, but. What is your take on Lafayette and, and the, the race relations as compared to maybe the other places? Okay. Well, let's talk, start with, we talk about police reform. Police reform should start locally. And that's why you're saying about it looks different because you're looking on a national level. Mm-hmm. So when we start locally, we have to look at what's going on in our city. I tell people all the time, we hire from the human race. So, of course, we're not going to be 100 percent with you, nobody is racist. Nobody is that you you, you sure. will get some people that's racist. That's why diversity is so important in a police department. You cannot have a police department. We right now we police 33 percent minorities in this city. OK, if, if you don't mirror that in your police department, then that is an issue. When I started at the Lafayette Police Department, we was at 11 percent. And when I took over chief five years ago, so right now we're at 22 percent. So things get better. But working with the community is the whole key. You know, we wasn't solving murders like we should have. But when I took over and we started doing community walks, we got community relations board. What happens is they start people start to trust you and they start to call you and they start to say, hey, this is this who did the murder. This what happened, that happened. So what happens is then you start solving a crime. So to answer your question. No, I will tell you that I'm a product of the Lafayette Police Department, and I love the Lafayette Police Department. Train well. We have people that really cares about the community. I could tell you numerous stories about the type of things that officers have done. So, no, we don't have the, the racist problems and, and the things that you see going throughout the nation. But does those things go on? Yes, it does. We cannot be naive that maybe in New York who hires 40,000 police officers, you're not going to get 400 that has issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get that. But I will tell you this, it's up to the police officers that working with those guys, because it's not going to be a one-time problem. But when the officers working with them and them officers can step up and they can say, hey, this guy is a bad apple. We need to get this guy out here. When we get that 
together, then we'll have a great police officer. So in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, in Lafayette Police Department, I don't know of anybody that you would blatantly say, hey, he's a racist. Not at all. But again, we hire from the human race. Mm-hmm. And for us to say we have 289 officers at the Lafayette Police Department, for us to say we don't have one racist, well, nobody can say that. Right. No doubt about that. And, you know, I did exactly what you just said. You know, there's a website. You might know it. I don't I don't remember exactly. I probably saw it on TV, but where you can look and see what the racial diversity is in each mm-hmm. precinct across the country. And then it also tells you what the what the population looks like. And, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. It should mirror. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that in Minneapolis where these problems are happening, it, it wasn't even close. You know, it it, it was like. 90 something percent white officers you know and 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 the the makeup of the community didn't look nothing like that so you know you can see the issues and i i i i don't pretend to know anything about law enforcement but you know just in my business i said well you know the way you solve that to me anyway is you know you have to number one fix that problem but then maybe put a white officer with a black officer and put them out on the road and to me, doesn't that solve the problem? You know, I mean, and maybe it does. not that simple, but yeah, but that that concept does. But you have to be able to recruit the minorities, and and you know, like I know, minorities don't want to be police at this time because when you look on on television, what are you seeing? You're yeah. seeing how bad things is or whatever. So I think the key is recruitment. You have to recruit in the right places. You have to recruit the right people. And you have to have the right training. Mm-hmm. And if you have those things in place, you're going to have a really good police department. Mm-hmm. So I think Lafayette is definitely on their way. Uh, like I said, we was to 22%, and that was the most uh, minorities we ever had. Mm-hmm. Now, we could flip it over, and we could look at minorities working in white uh, areas mm-hmm. they're not familiar a lot of, a lot of guys might be born and raised like I was in a in a black area and where I'm from we did not only time we saw anybody white it was the police you know so when I started working the military helped me though mm-hmm. because when I went to the military then I was the minority in the military in the Air Force I think in our we might have had four blacks and and everybody else was white so it was a culture shock to mm-hmm. me so i understand what you go through so i'm not saying that if if you're a, a white guy from eunice and you never dealt with a black guy is, is something wrong with that no what's wrong is you have to have an open mind and if you don't have an open mind and and realize that you have to have a do a job then that's where your issues come in yeah i mean do you see a general disrespect for the police in Lafayette. I, I, I personally don't, I don't see that, but I'm not on the road. I don't know, you know? The answer to that is no. Uh, respect comes from giving respect. And I think you have to, and you hear me talk about the community so much, because in my 30 years, I understand that the community is how police work is successful. Mm-hmm. And if you have a police department that don't deal with the community at all and don't get out the cars, then you have a bad police mm-hmm. department. Good. Well, back to religion. Let's get back off that subject, you know. Uh, but um, let me ask you a question about, you know, is there, I, I'm curious to know, I asked this to some of the coaches that's been on this show, you know, are you praying whenever you're coaching, you know, like, you know, I know when you get down to that last play, you're like, Lord, please let me let me complete that pass. But, you know, how about on the road as a police officer? Is that that's every day all the time? Yes. We call it hot calls. When you get a hot call, it might be a, 
uh, somebody with weapons uh, holding his wife hostage or mm-hmm. something, or somebody has a weapon running down the street. When I'm running and the lights are, are, are sounding off, I'm praying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm praying. I, I, when I get to the house and he's gone and you can see that the spouse is, is just, you know, sometimes you hold their hand and you pray. Wow. You know, prayers help. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a release and it, it's a help for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's why I talk about faith. If you don't have faith then when we talk about leadership, if you don't have faith, then how can you be a leader? And I, I, I look at a lot of people that's leaders, but you never hear them talk about faith. Mm-hmm. And you never, you know, I'll give you a funny story. When I was doing my cards, I put Deacon on my card. And the, the guy that was helping me, which knows uh, politics, he said, well, you, do you really want to put that part of Because, you know, you're trying to do. I say, listen. If I can't, I'm probably more proud of, th- proud of that than anything. And if I cannot put that on a card, and if somebody is not going to vote for me because of my religious belief, then I I can do without that vote. Let yeah, me say that for the wrong job. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's good stuff. So when you pray, what does that look like? Tell me what that looks like. Those earnest prayers. You know, as Catholics, they, we we our Father, Hail Mary. We got some pretty rogue stuff going on. But what 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 does your prayer life look like? My, my prayer is always thanking God. Yeah. My prayer is thanking God for what I have, asking God for my safety, and thanking God for, you know, my family, for my, my mother that's still with me. You know, so I thank God and I thank God. And I, and, and I think that the life that I've lived is only through faith. Mm-hmm. So with that said, then God gets all the thanks for that. That's, that's uh, so beautiful. And, you know, Reggie's uh, a good man, you know, I uh, wish you guys could see him in this booth. He's full of the joy of the Lord, and uh, I feel like he'd he do a great job just representing our community. We were talking about how interesting it is that it's a it's a job, that um, city marshal job, that's interesting that it's even a political job, you know. Seems like it'd almost be a pointed job, but but he has the big resume, and, uh, and it's just been a blessing to us on this show today and hearing about his faith life. And... Uh, so just in parting, Reg, what, what, what you got for me? Is there a, what, what is your, your future hold beyond City Marshal? Well, I would always love, the, love God. That's number one. I would always stay in the, in the community. I believe in my church, so I would always do things in, in my church. I did do 30 years at the police department, so I, I am retired at this time, but I, I do want to be the next City Marshal. So uh, I'm more like a young man to be retired (laughs) and he's in good shape, too. (laughs) Exercise a big part of your. your Yes. Yes. Every every morning I get up and uh, I set the clock for seven o'clock. I I work out at least an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And that hour is a time for me to reflect on my day or what I did the day before. You know, nobody's perfect in this world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if I did something to somebody, you know. Uh, apology forgiveness you know God said we should forgive and that's probably the most important thing so you know if I make a mistake or whatever I go and I I forgive everyone you know and that's one of the biggest and and a lot of times one of the hardest things to do and tell us when the election is the election is November 3rd um, uh, 2020 
um, it, it's the big election. You know, it's the president election. So okay. it should be a really heavy turnout. I'm just asking for, for everybody to look at me and to look at my qualifications, to look at my faith, to look at the type of person I am, and to look at my last 30 years as a police officer and working in this city. I have been in this city, and the city marshal is a city uh, uh, employment. So being in a city means a lot. And I have been in this city, worked in this city, and uh, asked for uh, prayers, prayers, and definitely you, and prayers, you, and you will have mine, no doubt. And it's a, it's an honor to to meet you and be called your friend. So, thank you for being on the show today. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Reggie Thomas, who'll be running for city marshal. And as always, we say, engage the Cajun Catholic community. God bless.